Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to talk about where in your shop. Thanks, Miles. I have to assume we're not talking about what to wear in a shop. And we're not talking about where in your shop to wear it. Oh. I am not opening up that Pandora's box. Okay, then what do you mean by where? You had to ask, where in metal parts? Where in metal parts can be defined as the undesired gradual change in dimensions in service under frictional pressure. Another way of saying this is that where is the undesirable deterioration of a component by the removal of material from its surface? It occurs by displacement and detachment of particles from that surface. There are three main kinds of wear, and these each have some common modes uh, in the way that they occur. Okay, so how is wear determined, measured? I don't even know what word to use. That's really a great question, and it's insightful as to the process. Wear is usually evaluated in terms of weight loss, degree of surface degradation, or life to a specified degree of wear as measured by a specified means, such as thinning of the section. Wear is often mistakenly thought of as a singular process. It's not? It's not. It's really been helpful to me to look at wear as something that happens in two or more stages. Okay, so what are the stages? Well, in the first stage, the material deforms. It changes shape or geometry. In the second stage, removal of that deformed material or the further and accelerated removal of material from where it has been displaced occurs. This can often be aggravated by chemical or corrosive attack as an additional loss of material to the purely mechanical loss caused by the, the friction. One way to classify wear processes is by describing the materials interacting, abrasive wear, metallic wear, and erosive or corrosive wear would be the three primary means. Okay, so what is abrasive wear? Abrasive wear results from the relative movement between metal and non-metallics or abrasives. In, in my understanding, uh, abrasive materials are generally non-metallic. These can include metal against non-metallic or abrasive materials failure modes, can include sliding friction, both wet or dry. It can include rolling friction, both wet and dry, and it can impact and it can include impact of loose abrasive, both wet and dry. All right, so when I need new brakes in my car due to wear, it's abrasive wear? Yes, that's the result of the relative movement between metal and non-metallics in your brake pads. Okay, so wear, and I'm playing on your pun from earlier, is abrasive wear seen in the shop? In our shops, you can see abrasive wear on the cutting edge of a tool and the area directly behind it. Abrasive wear creates what we call a wear land 
which is that zone right behind the edge. This mechanical abrasion from the material to the tool dulls it, changing dimensions and angle and edge geometry. This is a potential cause of tool failure. And material causes it. Yes. Even though the metal itself may not be abrasive, it can have constituents within it that are abrasive. Fine-grained steel compared to coarse-grained free machining resulfurized steel is an easy example. There are other ways that tools can fail, but abrasive wear is easy to spot. All right, so what's metallic wear? Metallic wear occurs because of the relative movement between metals. It's strictly metal-on-metal metal failure mode. It includes sliding friction, both lubricated and non-lubricated modes. It also includes rolling friction, both lubricated and non-lubricated modes as well. And where is metallic wear in the shop? Metallic wear can be found in any piece of equipment where there has been a failure to maintain adequate lubrication. In the shop, we have a special name for this. We call it galling. It is the result of transfer of metal from one of the surfaces into the other while the parts are sliding and under pressure. So think of it as anywhere we have metal under load sliding in contact on another metal with no lubrication. Phew, I thought you were gonna go all, it happens on the tool on me there. Actually, I am. It is disguised under the alias of build-up edge. Under pressure, and often if the coolant is not properly presented to the cutting zone, atoms from the workpiece can diffuse or build up on the edge of the tool. This build-up grows, changes the angle of the tool, and eventually tears out the base metal that it has built up or welded on. It's also why we don't want to use tool coatings that contain the chemical element of the material that's being cut. The similar atoms will bond or weld. So no titanium coatings when cutting titanium? That's a principle that I was introduced to back when there were dragons still walking. But I think it holds water. Here's a different example. Diamonds are really hard. So why not use diamond-coated tools to cut really hard, hardened steel? Okay, I think I actually know the answer because whenever we talk about steel, you talk about carbon. Yes, go on. And carbon gives steel its hardness. You go, girl. What's next? And the diamond is carbon, so the diamond would, oh, God, uh, diffuse. Was that it? The diamond would diffuse into the carbon and the steel. We have our winner. You have been paying attention. <laughs> Do you even know how many times you mention carbon and all the stuff I edit for you? Location, location, location in real estate. Carbon, carbon, carbon to know about steel. And that was one of your more recent articles. Okay, but you said there were three main types of wear. What's the third one? Erosive or corrosive wear. This occurs because of a relative movement between metal and liquids or vapors. This failure modes can involve the attack on metals by chemicals in those liquids or vapors. Can also be a result from wet steam or combustion gases. Those last two we don't see a lot in our shops. 
And where are those in our shops? You can find erosive or corrosive wear wherever you have both rubbing and a corrosive or chemically aggressive environment. It's not just chemical though. Different metals have different electrochemical potential. We call it the galvanic series. So dissimilar metals in contact under pressure and rubbing is poor practice. So who designs different metals to be in rubbing contact as an engineering design? Certainly not machine tool builders. Let's hope not. But sometimes sliding covers and metalworking fluids can react. But more importantly, think of the dissimilar metallic particles in the metalworking fluids unless or before they are filtered out. Gotcha. So are those three types the only types of wear? Those are the main three. There are three other types of wear, fatigue wear, cavitation erosion, and fretting wear. In these types of wear, the cause of the deterioration is due primarily to forces rather than the material differences. How so? Well, fatigue wear arises from cyclic stresses creating the removal of particles. This is the type of wear we see most often in our machine shops. Cavitation erosion results from the loss of material because of the high impact pressures or temperatures when vapor bubbles in a flowing liquid collapse. There's actually quite a bit of force in a bubble collapsing. The cyclic stress resulting from the repeated collapsing bubbles results in surface fatigue wear. In our shops, we tend to see this on pump impellers when we repair a pump. All right, so what's fretting wear? Well, do you play guitar? New. The neck of the guitar has these frets, regularly spaced raised bars that run across the neck. Oh, okay. I, I do know what frets are, but how is that related to wear? You gotta help me out. Well, fretting is a wear process that is driven by vibration, just like the guitar, right? It's driven by vibration in the area between two materials under load. Our shops see it in their rebuilds when the bearings fail. It's a category of corrosion because the particles that are created by that vibration and wear between those two surfaces, they become chemically reactive and then they become abrasive. So how does that happen? Well, first, the lubricant is displaced from between the two elements. It's displaced tangentially from between the two materials and then that lack of lubricant creates material particles that are freed up from the small but repeated surface motions. Then those particles react chemically, usually in the form of oxides, and those oxide particles are very abrasive. This means that the fretting shows up as a regular spaced kind of chemical attack on what was originally a pristine, precision surface. So in fretting, it's chemistry, vibration, and contact. Exactly. It's a perfect storm. They're ganging up on the part, three against one. No fair. It's not fair. And that's why we need to pay attention to lubrication in our shops. That wraps up today's podcast on different types of wear in your shop. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org.
Yes, and when you're on pmpa.org, you can check out our new website with robust search features that find articles, webinars, podcasts, and other resources to help your precision machining business. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss one. That's right. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And Miles, why is a PMPA membership so important? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.